0: From Duck Creek Technologies, it's Conversations on the Creek, the podcast series where we interview our partners about how the latest technology and insure tech is transforming the PNC insurance industry. I'm Rob Savitsky from the Duck Creek Product Marketing Team. And I'm
1: Robert Fletcher from the Duck Creek Solution Partner Team.
0: And in today's episode, we're thrilled to bring you part two of our conversation with Tracy Waller, Director of Small Commercial Underwriting at ISO who will be sharing her perspective on small commercial property underwriting and the impact of data to inform better outcomes for carriers. ISO is a various business unit providing statistical, actuarial, underwriting, claims data and analytics, policy language, and information about specific locations for the PNC insurance industry. If you haven't listened to part one of our conversation, I highly recommend you go back and check that out first before listening further to this episode. When we originally sat down with Tracy, the intent was just to put out one episode, but listening back to everything, I could not feel that I would be doing the conversation justice by leaving it as one and cutting it down. So we are bringing it to you in two parts. Um, As I mentioned before, and in the spirit of transparency, Recording these episodes was special to me both on a personal level and on a broader company level. Personally, I used to work at Verisk at AAR Worldwide and analyze 3 and on a company level, Verisk is among one of Duck Creek's first solution partners dating back to 2003. Our part two conversation with Tracy resumes with my co-host Robert, asking her about how building systems maintenance activities can impact its risk. Check it out.
1: Tracy, I mentioned that we, one of our newer integrations with Verisk was with BuildFax. And I know that BuildFax publishes a housing health report that tracks building permit trends year over year and month over month. We'll put a link to it on your partner page at DuckCreek.com. One of the things that the re- one of your more recent reports that I'm thinking of discusses is the importance of using major system activities in, in your risk assessment. Can you talk about what these major risk, uh, major system activities are and and how carriers are using them to, to analyze risk?
2: Oh, sure, absolutely. So these um, types of exposures are among the most critical to identify at point of quote. You know, if you are thinking about major systems, which we really refer to as the building structure, the plumbing, the electrical work, the mechanical work on a building, having a current and accurate picture of these types of activities is critical there's there's a significant difference between uh gosh let an electrical system in a 30-year-old building we'll say where the electrical system is also 30 years old or one that was replaced in the last 2 or 3 years right that that's a pretty significant difference um in risk, and that's the type of information that the major systems activities and reports and improvements are aiming to deliver on uh, commercial properties as well. So the Billfax property condition and history data really is aimed at providing insights into property change events. So giving our clients that strong understanding of the risk and the evolution of that risk over time, right? So you're not getting a static picture of, this is a building, this is how it existed 30 years ago. You're getting to see how that building has changed and getting that full picture. So major systems, um, is one of our product solutions that focuses specifically on the recency and the scope of the permitted maintenance. And that's really the the source of the data that we're able to provide back is our robust permit information and being able to tell our clients about updates to the electrical, the plumbing, the mechanical systems, and of course, roof as well. Um, regarding loss susceptibility, the loss studies that we've conducted with carriers have really shown a strong correlation here between the maintenance of the buildings and the updates with losses. so that's that's why we focus so much on uh, the major systems' improvements.
0: Got it. really interesting. Yeah, no, it sounds like plumbing, electric mechanical work, building structure are all very important things that you want to have as you're uh, as you're assessing your your book and at the point of underwriting. Um, I guess continuing down that uh, thought leadership that you at Verisk have been putting out, um, I was taking a look at Varus 360 value, uh, Q1 2021 quarterly cost update reports. And in it, it talks a lot about uh, re- reconstruction costs, uh, changes of building material and labor. And so I'm wondering if you could talk to us and tell us a little bit about over the past year or so, how have reconstruction costs of building material and labor changed throughout the US and Canada? Oh,
2: sure. So um, this most recent report was pretty interesting because of the overall increase. So obviously, reconstruction costs, cost of building material and labor are critical to determining valuation and reflecting the most recent trends, which clearly is what's going to matter if there is an event which requires um, this type of rebuild. And the overall increase over the past year has been 9%, which is incredibly sharp, right? It's, in addition, it's not a short spike. It's really a continuance of a surge that began last year and and, possibly something that's informed by the pandemic. This is something that's uh, critically important because keeping up with the accuracy of insurance to value figures and appropriate coinsurance is it's a driving force in the property market. We know that in small commercial in particular, on and under insurance is a real issue Um, in the market. It can be incredibly harmful to small business owners who may not even realize the extent to which um, they may be underinsured. And this is one of the areas in which um, the data integrations that we've talked about can be of the highest value getting that most up-to-date insurance related information about the changes in reconstruction costs and material and labor. Because the other thing to be aware of with these overall changes is that they're overall changes, right? So if you're looking at the particulars of um, a specific location, That spike can be as much as 13 or 14%. And if you're looking at a particular building, you could be looking at the same type of differential. It's it's really critical to understand this when you are looking at the insurance to value of particularly a small business or a small commercial property um, at quote or renewal.
0: Absolutely, and I, I think certainly as you know, different events, extreme events happen. Um, you know, like what happened in Texas with so the you know yeah. cold temperatures a uh, you know a month or so ago. I mean, that's uh, that's definitely going to play a huge impact, and, and certainly trends that you want to be monitoring and taking advantage of and incorporating as you as you think about uh, underwriting and pricing and renewals throughout the small commercial space and and really beyond the greater uh, you know property risk assessment. So um, we're we're getting towards the end of our episode today, and um, to close to almost close things out, I, I did want to return back to something you've you've hit on a little bit earlier since the beginning, and that is the impact of COVID nineteen on the small commercial space. Uh, certainly, uh, you know we could, as we have said before, I think on other topics we could do whole episode oh, about sure. the impact that that COVID has had, and, and certainly small businesses. You know, whether it's the pizza shop or the bakery or, or what have you. You know, it's, it's been a very difficult, very challenging year. Um, it certainly brought its challenges to, uh, you know, insurers as well. And so um, I'm curious in your perspective, what impact has the COVID-19 pandemic had uh, overall on small commercial underwriting? And if you were to take your crystal ball and look out, <laughs> you know, the next one to two years, how do you see the segment evolving?
2: so great question and rob i completely agree with you we could spend you could do an entire series on the impact of COVID 19 on small business which i think most of us can agree um, have been the hardest hit the first thing i will say is that one of the things that sticks out most to me about the impact of the pandemic on small businesses is the absolutely incredible resilience of small business owners and their creativity and their drive to just be successful no matter what the circumstances, um, it's so humbling and so impressive, and it's really just why we love small business here at Verisk. You know, we can, we talk about the industry, but the industry evolves as a result of the business owners in the industry whom we serve, and it's just been absolutely um, astounding to to watch businesses really just bounce back as best they can and evolve as best they can. But as I said, the the businesses themselves are changing. I mean, if you even just look at um, the risk profile of a restaurant and what it might have looked like during, uh, you know, I guess what we would call normal times before the pandemic and what it might look like even now as we're starting to come out in the very beginning stages of coming out of the pandemic, you know, There's I think we've probably all seen examples of things like fine dining restaurants um, that, you know, perhaps they focused primarily on high end seafood and, you know, a beautifully decorated interior um, upscale service. And once the pandemic hit, seeing, you know, a lot of restaurants saw 90 percent decreases in their revenue. So they needed to pivot. And that fine dining restaurant may have changed over into something that's utilizing its parking lot as dining space, um, changing themes. I, I've seen businesses go from that fine dining establishment to something that's more of a tiki bar theme and appropriate for being outside. We've also seen exposures change when it comes to alcohol in the restaurant business. You know, going from a full service bar with your very well trained or tip certified bartenders to delivering alcohol, that's a completely different exposure that carriers may not have been aware of um, was happening. And of course, you know, you can't have an underwriter check and see if there's uh, every day what exposures are changing. And this is really where we see the data and analytics uh, helping to inform this market and keep the risk profile up to date for carriers. And this is where those pre-integrations can really be um, critical in keeping uh, the right coverage in line and the right sense of exposure. So, again, thinking about that restaurant, the underwriter is not going to check every day and see what exposure has changed. But if you're able to tap into the data, the analytics and the technology that we've been speaking about today, all of this can be more automated and really give peace of mind to the agent and the carrier that they understand the evolving risk that's sitting on their books. I really see, again, if we're taking out that crystal ball, an evolution of the um, role of the insurance carrier beyond just a carrier into more of a a trusted advisor because they'll have this type of information at their fingertips. And it's something that comes up a lot in my conversations with my customers is that they're really looking to be more of a partner for their small business insurance. And I think that as we continue to evolve out of the pandemic that that type of role is going to become um, even more attractive to both the Uh, carriers and the industry itself. We know small business owners, I think something upwards of 53 or so percent, would love to have an environment when they've got a, quote, one-stop shop for all of their outsourced um, operations. And uh, insurance carriers can certainly be a part of that. And as we see the acceleration of that digital transformation as a result of the pandemic, I, I just really see the race to zero continuing to heat up. And I think in really, just a couple of years, we'll be talking about a completely different market.
0: Absolutely, yeah, really interesting, Tracy. And I, you know, I think back to the spring of last year when COVID hit, and all the the restaurants were pivoting to outdoor dining. And you don't think about, you know, these outdoor spaces that have come up, or these new igloos that that we're, were sprouting yes. up during the winter. And that's uh, yeah, that's a new part of the exposure risk that insurers have to think about. And so it's it's really interesting to hear that you're able to capture that, we're able to pull it into the core system workflow and, and carriers are able to take advantage of it and, and make sure that they're they're properly pricing the risk moving forward in the future as, as the risk evolves.
2: Absolutely, and that proper pricing piece speaks to uh, premium leakage, but also to overpricing. You know, there's there's certainly examples where risk has been reduced as a result of the pandemic. If you think about the the retail space and general GL risk, the prem ops risk um that is presented by having a lot of foot traffic in and out of a store, that's certainly been reduced as as a result of the pandemic and something that I think carriers in the market are are had been generally recognizing as well. So it, it certainly goes both ways.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, we'll, we'll definitely have to dig in hopefully on a future episode about about the liability risk. But, uh, you know, it's been really, really great having you here today and, and getting your take on all of this.
2: Yes. Thank you so much for speaking with me today. I, I really appreciate the opportunity to come on and chat with you guys about small commercial and all the innovation that's happening and navigating that path to automated underwriting that I know is top of mind for every player in this market whom I've spoken with. So thank you.
1: Tracy, I'll add my thanks as well and, and just say, you know, Duck Creek has had a long and, and valuable and important partnership with Verisk and ISO. And, you know, we have many integrations together that I hope our listeners will, will take time to check out on the Duck Creek Content Exchange. We'd also like to hear what other integrations they would like to see. There are many, you have many products that we haven't yet uh, integrated uh, with. So, so let us know. Um, But again, thank you so much for being with us today. Any final thoughts?
2: No, just a reiteration of the thank you. And uh, I will second, we are looking forward to continuing to build more integrations with Duck Creek. We know that this is the direction that the market is heading. And um, if there are more that your listeners chime in and tell us they'd like to see, we'd love to hear it as well. So thank you.
0: Awesome stuff. Thank you, Tracy. And thank you all for tuning in today. Before we conclude today's episode, I'd like to reiterate that at Duck Creek, we have multiple integrations with Verisk. These include integrations to Verisk Property 360 Value, ProMetrics, and Build Facts, where we pull all of this property data into Duck Creek policy, which can then be used to inform both commercial and personal lines underwriting and pricing decisions. To learn more about all 14 of our Anywhere integrations and seven line of business templates with Verisk and ISO, check out the Duck Creek content exchange on duckcreek.com and visit the Veris partner page by going to DuckCreek.com slash partner slash ISO. And finally, if you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to check out all of our other great podcast episodes, webinars, and more content on our virtual events platform, VFormation, by going to vformation.duckcreek.com. We'll see you next time.